What's up, beer drinkers? How y'all doing this week? We got another great show for you again this week. Not only do we drink and review some delicious beers, but we also have a couple of good beer news stories. We kick uh, Bud Light when they're down yet again. And then in our cold brew list, we list off the Bourbon County brand stout variants that are coming. They're dropping on Black Friday. And then at the end, we talk football. Mostly 49ers, and uh, we record. We were recording during the Sunday night game, so we talked a little bit about that Sunday night game and <clears throat> how uh, there were two terrible teams. So, anyway, please follow us on Untapped and Instagram. Search Cold Brew Podcast. And without further ado, it's time for another Cold Brew. Coming at you pre-recorded from Cold Brew Studios. I am Greg. He is Sorcerer Chromatic, and we're here to talk about beer. Yes, we are. How you doing this week, man? Well, uh, crazy week. Uh, yeah, kids still getting adjusted to the time change. Uh, then the holiday week, too. Uh, had a wild weekend. Um, just uh, trying to get them back on track and right. uh, enjoying themselves. Granted, they had a lot of fun. They just when it's time to go to, go down or wake up, they're they're still off. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you said, I think last week they'll get it. They'll find. They'll eventually get it. Hopefully. <laughs> By the time they get it, it'll be time to switch back. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Um, yeah, you ready to talk about your beer? Sure. All right, let's get to it then. Today, I have in front of me from our good friends out in Litchfield Park, Arizona. I have their next stop is the West Side Motel. I was there uh, today at Transplant City Beer Company. Um, I uh, I changed the the brakes on my on my car, and I have to. What do they call them? Bed them in, bed in the brakes. You know, I had to uh, wear, break them in. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I'll I'll take a little ride. And it's kind of hard to find a deserted road around here, so I drove over to my work and and did it on the private road that comes from the main road. And so I went up and down and you know stopped really aggressively a few times, let the let the uh, the brakes warm up, and then. Uh, and then since I was down there, I went over to um, Transplant City Beer Company because I hadn't been there in a while. And yeah, so I, I had a couple beers and I saw this one. I'm like, I'll save it for the show. So I got a can of it. And it is, let's see, what is it? Um, 6.4% alcohol, alcohol by volume and it's a West Coast IPA. Looking up to see if they have the, uh, yeah, it has Cascade Citra. Columbus and Amarillo hops. So, without further ado, Papa, what do you got? I have from our friends down at Tioga Sequoia. I have their half dome wheat. Very nice. Very nice. All right. So, uh, just to pull back the curtain, uh, shout out to uh, LT from the Fresno faction. Oh yeah. As this was a residual from our last. Uh, 
game. So, although, uh, what do I want to say? A couple weeks old, it's still fresh. And uh, description of this beer is uh, like Yosemite National Park's iconic half dome. Our half dome California wheat is one of a kind. It's juicy mouthfeel and unfiltered body make it smooth and easy to drink. And when it comes to flavor, Half Dome reaches new heights, packed with peaches grown in the Central Valley. So it's uh, 4.7 ABV, an 18 SRM. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. ABV is <laughs> uh, 4.7. IBU is 18, and SRM is 4. Oh, okay, good. So, <laughs> any further ado, pop off. Hey, even if, if the SRMs aren't that that far off from each other. But if the ABV is 18, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are they doing out there in Fresno? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if you I, don't want it. <laughs> they do something right out there. Um, I love Half Dome. You know, I, I've been fortunate to go to Yosemite, uh, I don't know, maybe about, eh, about six to eight times in my life. And it's always a gorgeous place. And Half Dome is a very. It's a sight to be to behold. It, it I can't even um, what do you call it? articulate the the perfect expression for it. Thankfully, uh, especially right there in uh, well Yosemite Valley, the basically the heart of the whole park. Yeah, you look up, see that that huge uh, uh, rock formation. Mm-hmm. Just uh, really, really uh, breathtaking. Yeah, very much so. All right, so uh, back to. Um, my beer. The next stop is the West Side Motel. Um, this was really good. It's a really good West Coast IPA. It's crisp, clean, dank, and uh, super. Uh, and by that mean, I mean uh, it's bitter, and it it's put together very well. I did um, when I was there. I had a couple of hazies. That's why I kind of wanted to do something different. I've I have had this beer before, but it's been I it's got to be like over a year maybe a year and a half since i've had it so it's kind of like a almost brand new to me and when i had it i was at the brewery and i just had a pint of it and i wasn't um drinking it critically so this is not my first time sipping on it critically and it's really good and i will articulate my to use another to use that term again uh my tasting later on during our untapped portion of the show but uh for now how's your beer treating you the next stop is the east side motel How did, um getting it settled it's um it, it does got that peach note um uh, to it which is a right. nice surprise like at the end um the finish it, it's a you know it has a pretty sweet to it. you know it has a nice sweetness to it very nice all right so we will rate our beers later like i said during our untapped portion of the show be sure to follow us on Untapped. Just search Cold Brew Podcast and friend us and we'll friend you back. Right now, it's time for some beer news. All right. This comes to this first story comes to us from Vine Pear from our uh, good friend Dave Infante. Uh, I've read a few of his stories before. Here is the headline. Breaking down craft beer's big new jobs report. So every October, the jobs report comes to us from the uh, um, was it the, the Labor Commission. I forget. 
And um, in this case, uh, he breaks down what some of our uh, friends at the breweries make. Uh, so let's see here. Some uh, common jobs and overall weighted averages. Uh, let's see here. Head brewer, assistant brewer, brewmaster. The average annual salary is $72,556. Uh, marketing event coordinator. The average salary is $51,142. Uh, packaging operator makes uh, about $23.63 per hour. Uh, operations production manager director here we go this is a better salary $1115 and 520 or $1115528 annual and a tasting room assistant manager uh, 58294 and rounding out the bottom of the list again this year is crack whore a <laughs> <laughs> little shout out to to norm Norm. Yes. <laughs> anyway, there are about 80 jobs total covered by the report in the brewing industry, and they cover basically every role you'd expect to find at a modern craft brewery. I won't list them all here because that would be too boring and maybe also plagiarism. <laughs> but with uh, responses from 60 participating organizations representing 7,396 employees, the study is a fantastic tool for workers and owners alike to get a handle on how much the market will bear for labor. Another worthy tool, the chart of, oh, that's what it's called, the Bureau of Labor. Um, statistics uh, wedge data, a uh, wage data for beverage alcohol producers that feel goods analysis and sightlines. Plus, editor Brian Roth has been co collating for years. Of course, when it comes to craft brewing labor, there's no such thing as one national market. There are 10,000 breweries in rural suburban and urban locations across the 50 states with different beer laws and cost of living you'd expect uh tipped pub and tasting room staff with food um to be making more money in new york than for example chesterfield virginia still the um ba notes that organizational size still drives wage and salary levels far more than geography and elected not to provide geographic averages for salaries to avoid giving the false sense of variations based on the interaction of size and geography. So there you go. Uh, the um, I think that's pretty cool. The uh, Someone actually takes that and, uh, and filters everything and uh, lets us know where everyone's st standing at or sitting at or making in the craft beer market. All right, next one. Uh, Got to go back to Bud Light. Love beating a dead horse. <laughs> but... Bud Light has a new plan as boycotts continue after a huge scandal. Uh, the Anheuser-Busch InBev CEO, Michael uh, Dukaris, faces a problem of his own company, of his company's own creation. Uh, let's see. Budweiser was a brand that saluted veterans, celebrated the NFL, and made people teary with ads featuring its famous Clydesdale horses. Bud and Bud Light were brands that wrapped themselves in the American flag in vague ways that never touched the third rail of politics. Uh, let's see here. Still after the backlash Anheuser-Busch faced when it brought back its LGBTQ plus supportive rainbow cans in 2022, the company could have seen the waning signs. That move was followed by Bud Light partnering with transgender social media influencer D Dylan Mulvaney 
for what should have been the small, under-the-radar outreach effort to increase the brand sales to Mulvaney's followers and the broader LGBTQ plus community. Let's see, I'll skip through here. Um, Ducaris might likely did not sign off on the Mulvaney partnership as it was a very small, social media-only deal. It's possible he was aware of it and simply believed that Bud Light drinkers would not care if the company was trying to grow outside its traditional audience. Uh, the CEO has made it clear that he understands what lapsed customers want from their former favorite beer. Uh, here's a quote from him. Consumers continue to want the Bud Light brand to concentrate on the platforms that all consumers love. And we are doing just that through investing in partnerships with the NFL, Fields of Honor, News Platform, College Football, and our recently announced return to partnering with the UFC. Two, they want Bud Light to focus on beer. Uh, basically, Ducaris has learned that Bud Light drinkers, at least many of the 260,000 of them his company has interacted with since the boycott began, don't want anything they view as political, politically associated with their beer. Uh, Anheuser-Busch and Ducaris may not see a marketing partnership with the transgender person as being political, but CEO is now clearly, but now the CEO clearly understands that a large portion of his company's audience does they want that beer without a debate we are taking the feedback and working hard towards our consumers' business every day across the world the ceo who never stood up to protect mulvaney but who has also not apologized for the partnership seems resigned to doing what it takes to appease his customers another quote the bud light Easy to Summer and Easy to Sunday campaigns are all about bringing people together over a beer for the moments that matter. Notably, a recent study found that over 40% of lapsed Bud Light drinkers said they are now more open to come back to drinking Bud Light. Anheuser-Busch InBev saw its revenues decline by 13.5% in the quarter, which the company blamed primarily due to volume decline of Bud Light. So there you go. Um, they kind of want to just uh, close their eyes, ignore it, and hope it all goes away. Yeah, yeah, you know that in, in sports talk, there was a lot of uh, you know uh, notoriety with the, this Bud Light uh, or Budweiser UFC deal. Yeah. At the same time, you know, no terms were disclosed. They just you know just agreed on a, a partnership. Yeah, and you know, I saw yeah, still of damage control with Bud Light, and uh, you know, so be it. It just uh, it, it's still taking time. What it comes down to, in my opinion. Yeah, and I I don't know if they'll ever get their number one volume um, sold title back, but uh, they'll get some of their customers back. They'll get their, and they're not hurting. It's not like it's their only brand either. Yeah, but like you know. I don't care about UFC. Granted, I, I think it's great. Uh, I'll, I'll catch it when I can. Uh, mm -hmm. When I was a lot younger, I was I followed it a lot more. But um, like something that came out, I guess more than uh, in social media, more than who fought or what the results were. Where was it? Was it Trump, Kid Rock, and Dana White? They all came out together, and uh, it, it was it was just that was making more news than like I said, who won the fights or even like I said, like two weeks ago when the Budweiser deal went down. It just it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I remember, didn't Trump and even his son say, hey, you know, like, if this is a, a good American brand, you should start buying it again. 
Um, I think they maybe they have some interest in um, AB and Bev or something. Yeah, but, I mean, probably. I mean, same uh, same with uh, Dana White. I think uh, the partnering the UFC and stuff like that um, is not. I think they were that that was those works were already in deal. I mean, that just seems like something that they've been talking about for a few months now. That's because, you know, I'm sorry. Um, just real quick though, too. Just it, it's also kind of like uh, Budweiser trying to get in the realm too, because uh, you know, like Canelo fights Modelo's all over the place. You know, yeah. he, he, like there's a big partnership there. So, uh, you know, with that said, it's kind of just a. Uh, uh, a business move for Budweiser too. Just yeah, they gotta be in the the combat realm of, or the combat <laughs> sport realm, right? Hey, uh, oh, yeah. Well, that means a beer company sponsoring tanks and shit. They gotta work. <laughs> they have Bud Light on the side of the tank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you still go to the, the? I know you still B2 go to the game. bomber. <laughs> Bud Light two bombers in there. No, sir. Um, do they the Bud Light still have the plaza up there in uh, at Levi's? Still yeah. the sponsor? Okay, yeah. they didn't switch it yeah. like to Budweiser Plaza. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, so the um, still around, not going anywhere. All right, uh, that's all I have for the beer news this week, and you know what that means? I think I do time for everyone's favorite segment on cold brew because it's my favorite segment it's time for the cold brew list as we as proceed, we proceed oh. to give you what give you need. need let me ask you this hmm. are you gonna line up on black friday no <laughs> no i am not okay i don't do that anymore well i got i gotta do it so this show will drop in time well before time for the uh, Black Friday's uh, tr- beer tradition of Bourbon County Brand Stout. Yep. Uh, that's going to be dropped on Black Friday for this year. Oh, I totally screwed that up, but <laughs> let's continue. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I have a list of the beers, uh, the variants that are going to be uh, um, featured. Okay. All right. So, for 2023, the Bourbon Can, the Bourbon County brand original stout, obviously. Yeah. Then the Bourbon County brand Eagle Rare two year reserve stout. Hey now. Ooh. Eagle Rare is a very, very nice um, offering from uh, Buffalo Trace Distillery. It's actually uh, one of the few um, American whiskeys with a 10 year age statement on it, which is. You know, barrel aged for 10 years. That's not the Scott fat. And it is becoming more harder to get, too. Oh. So, uh, with that said, it's a quality one. Um, let's see. Um, Bourbon County brand Angel's Envy two-year cask finished stout. Again, Angel's Envy. And, um, shoot. I don't know if they're owned by anyone. I think it. It just is Angel's Envy on that distillery. Hmm. Again, another fine bourbon company um, that is pairing up for this release. Uh, then 2023, they're bringing back the Banana Foster Stout. Now, remember when I first started getting into uh, Bourbon County brand uh, stout, the proprietor's uh, blend or proprietor's label that year was 
a tribute to Fernandez Foster style uh, dessert with the beer. So uh, in my eyes, I, I mean, this is just them kind of bringing it back. However, not labeling it the proprietors because they probably have something else this year. Yeah, that, that's the one I'm looking forward to. I hope I can get some of that. Yeah, me too. Um, and then too, going back to the history, like the proprietor's uh, style or label, if you will, really tended to be a dessert heavy style uh, combination. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree? Am yep. I remembering right? Misremembering? I don't remember all the variants that were labeled the prop style, uh, but um, I do know they brew a, uh, less of it, so it's more of a um, it's more rare. All right. Well, going on down the list, the Bourbon County brand Backyard Stout. Oh, they put some grass right in now. it. Probably some cleats. <laughs> cleats were cleaned off and thrown in the uh, the vat the beer. Oh, the the, a la uh, Willy Wonka. Gives it a little kick. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, to final uh, or to to round out the list, the Bourbon County brand Stout. Proprietor stuff. Mm. So, so going down. Um, the tasting notes on that one. Uh, okay, well the beer. I'm not gonna get into all of them because it's kind of obvious, but uh, the proprietor's one. It's supposed to be Chicago market only. The same yeah. base stout with those dark. Uh, those darkly roasted malts and millennium hops. This version rests in bourbon barrels with. I can't even say it. No, you can tell us. Cassia bark. Okay. How do you say this? C a s s i a. I think you. I think that's how. You, I think that's how you say it. Cassia. Yeah. Uh, it's bark, uh, toasted rice, raisins, and natural flavor in parentheses. Added to the beer as it ages the wood. The tasty notes, the nose, brown rice pops dusted with cinnamon chocolate powder draw you in on the nose with a hint of vanilla pudding and maybe some clove. Interesting. Hmm. Maybe. Hey, what, what are the tasty notes on the... Um, shoot, what was that one you said? The backyard. Oh, yeah. Backyard. I don't know. I so it's Goose Island Stout is loaded into bourbon barrels and then mulberries, boysenberries, and marionberries. <laughs> All right, then. Shout out PDX are added to the beer as it rests. So it tastes a bright blackberry and huckleberry pop on the nose with a deep, dark chocolate that gets a little creamy on the back end of the nose. As it attaches to vanilla cream and a whisper of woody winter spice sparks dipped in cherry syrup and gooseberry jam. Wow, everything. Ah. Everything but the berries they added. The uh have you ever had a huckleberry? Can't say that I have. Yeah, me neither. I've seen Huckleberry Hound. It's about I think as close as I get, but Marion Berry's yeah, cool. Too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Val Kilmer, shout out Doc Holliday. That's right. Rest in peace. Who, Doc Holliday or Val Kilmer? Holiday. Is Val oh. Kilmer dead? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But Doc yeah, Holliday definitely is, though. He, he died in the 1800s, though. <laughs>
still. <laughs> yeah, okay, still. R.I.P. <laughs> to the good doctor. That's some prayers of Doc Holliday. And Big Nose Kate. Yeah. All right, very good. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, you can say what you want. They're owned by AB InBev. You know, they sold out, blah, blah, blah. But I still get excited for Berman County Brand Stout because it is a quality beer. And all the variants, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to try some, get some. I know I have some in my cellar right now, and I still build my vertical. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's almost time to to start drinking the, the vertical because they ain't, they ain't getting any better. Right. So They're going to start getting horizontal on. Okay. <laughs> I think, uh, I think. well, I, br- I brought that 2015, right, to the, the um, Invitational, Firestone Walker Invitational, when we did the bottle share. Yeah. So I think the next one would be 2016. I don't even know if I have any more 15s. I might. I might. But anyway, so that's we'll how far. We'll, we'll coordinate. We'll, re- we'll bring a vert to next Firestone if we're going. Okay. That's the, uh, uh, I think that's my oldest right now is this 2016. That's uh, that's all I was saying. I was just uh, voicing it. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the uh, great beer list story uh, or the cold brew list. And I guess it was a beer list this time. Not always a beer list, but this time it was. Uh, so how's your beer treating you, man? Yep, almost gone. Very nice. We are going to rate... The sweetness... Yeah? The sweetness mellows out, though. So it's it's very... Um, I don't want to say... It's there. It, it's. I'm not saying it's not tart, but it's not as sweet as it used to be. So it's a, it's a nice mm. compliment. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Compliment gonna... like flavor. That's what I meant. Not, yeah. uh, not, not that I'm giving good compliments. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. So it was Half Dome, right? I say a lot of good stuff on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're recording right now. <laughs> I... All right. <laughs> Make something up. I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Half Dome. Oh, it's uh, labeled on untapped as Half Dome California Wheat because there is already another Half Dome by Track Brewing Company. So Half Dome California Wheat. Um, all right, what would you like to rate this beer at? Um, I'm gonna give it a three five. You know, it, it's a nice, you know, uh, well American craft or California craft style. Um, half, it, really nice. The the peach is nice. It doesn't really do anything for me though. I'm not okay. trying to be negative about it. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see here to check in. Out of uh, one through five, what would you like to rate this at? Can I say three five? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. Um, right now, there is an overall rating of three point six nine, and one one of our friends have rated has rated it at a three point five, just like you. And that's our buddy uh, <laughs> uh, Aztec seventy seven, aka LT, the one who gave it to you. He gave it a three five. <laughs> Is he in your ear right now telling you to rate it 3.5? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, 3.5. And what notes would you like to leave? Um, what was it? Weedy, sweet, and peachy. All right. Wheat. Oh, not weedy, but weedy. Sweet and peachy. Save and check in. Uh, let's see here. Mine is the next stop is the West Side Motel by Transplant City Beer Company. I like this one. West Coast IPA, really good. All the hops uh, come together very nicely. 
And so I'll give this one a 4.2. Let me get rid of all these stupid badges. Close the cards, I mean. And let's see here. Next stop is the... Oops, I misspelled. I can't they know what I, what I want. There it is. Next stop is the Westside Motel. Has an overall rating of 3.97. One of our friends has rated it. Um, Allie, my friend Allie gave it a 4.5. So let's see here. Let's check in. 4.2. And I'm going to say it is... Um, let's see here. Danky. Uh, Hoppy and shoot it. I should have thought ahead for the uh, um, the lyric tie-in. What do you call it? Regulate. All right. So uh, Danky, Hoppy, and Smooth. Just like Nate Dog's voice. Pretty much. <clears throat> All right. Oh uh, yeah. Let's talk about. Let's talk a little bit of football. Now I will uh, just pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, I failed to get the coach's corner ready in time, so we'll have it next week. But uh, what'd you think of? Uh, did, oh, you didn't? Did you get a chance to listen to or watch any of the games today? Yeah, I um, I pretty much listened to the first half of the game and watched the second half of the game. Okay, the Fortnite game we're talking yeah. about. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, good win. Back on track. I mean. Uh, Jacksonville, um, they, <laughs> they, you know, six and two record. However, yeah, they, uh, they were held to only three points today. Um, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of breaks went the Niners' way. You know, four turnovers. Um, you know, pretty looked a little bit more back on track. Defense, defense are great. You yeah. know, you think it, that had the, to do um, with the Steve Wilkes being on the sideline, or you think it was just a week and they just came together and say, hey, look. We gotta stop fucking around and start acting like you know we did in the week one and two and three and against Dallas. You can see a little bit of both. You know, here, here's my thing about Steve Wilkes in the booth was, you know, he he's been a head coach, he's been a coordinator. I think uh, you know he was seasoned enough where he had the right to do what he wanted to do, and maybe he just wanted to be in the booth just to to see more to get down there more. But you know, a lot of guys like that going to their coach and having them on the sideline. And even, you know, in the past, uh, Salah and D'Amico Ryans, I mean, they would get fired up with the guys, and, and right. they, they like that that as well. Now, I didn't see any of that necessarily with uh, when they panned to uh, to Wilkes, although I, I did see him talking up his guys and in and, and the players' ear rather than, you know, coaches to, to relay his message. So, you know, I, I don't know. And then, you know, with the... Uh, with the tablets too, that he could bring in screenshots and show them the aerial views for the next set. So, I don't know. Maybe being in the booth does have limits. However, I felt he was a good enough coach to, if that's where he wanted to be, so be it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Yeah, I totally understand. Plus, you get an overall view of the game. You see how the flow is, everything. But maybe those, uh, when the players come out the field and say, "Hey, coach, they're doing this or that," you know, it's more immediate and more. Um, you know, uh, first-hand uh, accounting of it rather than, you know, through a, a headset or something. 
So, anyway, um, regardless, uh, the 49ers, I think, uh, not only won the game, they won the, the, the takeaway or the turnover battle, too. I think 4 nothing. They had four turnovers to, um, to Jacksonville 0. That really fucking helped, too. Uh, and I, I thought it was... I thought it was nice they were trying to get McCaffrey into the end zone at the end, but it's like, what, what's the point, man? I mean, why? If you, if it happened during the game, cool. If it's not, then I was worried he was going to get hurt. Right. So I, I don't know. I didn't like that part of the game. Um, I understand why they did it, and, you know, Shanahan's looking out for his players uh, as far as the, the records, but that's not something that you're, you're not going to get a, a bonus check for for getting so many in a row. You, right. get, you get the bonus check for fucking winning the Super Bowl. So let's worry about that rather than getting him in the end zone for a garbage touchdown. Yeah, no, definitely. It. But anyway, uh, regardless, yeah, at least he didn't get hurt, thankfully, um, at the end there. And uh, yeah, it was a really good win, especially on the road. Both teams had buys. So, you know, I was kind of worried a little bit that Jacksonville was going to come and, and lay the wood a little bit more than they did. But they just, they shit the bed, really. Going, uh, Scoring three points in the, at their home own house, um, all the way east coast. You know they always say that it's harder to travel east than it is west um, to get yeah, up. Yeah, I game. mean even even McAfee complained about that for the <laughs> Niners, saying especially because there weren't a lot of games um, in the in the afternoon. Yeah, it's like the Niners at least deserved a, a four o'clock kick, you know, mm. in the east coast rather than a than a, a noon or whatever a one o'clock. Yeah, I don't know. It pans out over there, but and or and it, I, I, oh, I get ahead. that if you're a West Coast team, yeah. I mean, that's almost something that they should try to continue, you know. And people were saying, or that's another thing that they were bringing up is, um, you know, AI could, uh, you know, make this, you know, the making the the season schedule used to take, you know, time used to take like a weeks or two, but now AI could do one in ten minutes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were saying, uh, I think, like on the um, the Amazon uh, broadcast, they were they were touting their AWS was the one who came up with the the schedule this year. And my my jokey comment was, uh, well, then why did they make their own uh, Amazon Prime games on Thursday better than the matchups anyway? Right. But um, yeah. Oh, as, but as far as like the uh, yeah, why didn't they flex this game out to Sunday night? The San Francisco Jacksonville game instead of the the dud we're getting right now with the uh, the Jets Raiders. Yeah, I mean the the um the, the promise of a flex versus the, the 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 delivery isn't as great as I thought it would be. Remember when they said they started doing that and then it's like, oh yeah, but we're not, you know, or we don't. Yeah, and um. What do they need? They need like a ten-day advance, so it's almost like you still gotta kind of wait to see how a team's gonna do. Oh so yeah, like, I guess so. you know. So hypothetically, like they were banking on maybe the Niners winning last week too, mm-hmm. before they would, you know, uh, uh, officially announce it. So it's kind of like you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. You know, rocking a hard place on what could get through or done. Yeah, but Jets and Raiders, you could have saw that from the beginning of the uh, start of the season. It was going to be terrible. I mean, Baltimore, Cleveland uh, turned out to be really good, and we already knew that was going to be good. They always play a hard-fought game. Um, Shit, even uh, at the 
after a few weeks, you could have seen that you could have saw that Chargers Lions would have been a high scoring affair. But right. anyway, um, it is what it is. Uh, this week is done, and time to move on to the next week. And who the Niners have next week? Well, let me see if I can click on there. Oh, they have Tampa. the Bucks at home. Yeah. And the Bucks, uh, I'm at the Bucks are lively. You know, they don't they don't go down easy. Um, so it's gonna and be. Uh, they're on by this week, right? No, yeah. they they played this. They played today. Really? Yeah, Mike Evans. Play? Mike Evans had a hell of a game. Hold on, I think it was. Oops, wrong, wrong click. It was oh, yeah, the, Titans. The, the Titans. Yeah, it was twenty to six. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was looking like all Titans at first. Well, all Titans. It was like three nothing for a while, um, and then three seven, and then three seventeen, and then yeah, by the end the Titans couldn't do anything. Uh, but Mike Evans had a great game. What, what do you have like? Let's see the box score here. Um, uh, Rashad White, yeah, he, oh yeah, he had a, a really good game too. Oh uh, wow, six for six for one forty-three. Yeah, and there you touchdown. go. Yeah, that touchdown was like he like he caught the ball like he turned. It was a turnaround at the at the goal line. He kind of just pushed himself into the into the end zone. He willed himself into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, he had a hell of a game today. So. You have to watch out for that. But they're actually, I, I thought Rashad White had a better game than he did. He was 20 carries for 51 yards. That's terrible. I think I just saw that that 11-yard play he did. I think he had a, a no, he had a, a touchdown. It was a receiving. That was what it was. He didn't have a good uh, run, but he had a good uh, receiving day. Two for 47 with the touchdown. With a 43-yard uh, um, uh, catch and run. Nice. But anyway, so. Oh, hell. Yeah. I'm just. I'm sorry. Looking ahead, uh, at least Thursday looks like promising. Bengals Ravens. That could be a good one. Oh yeah, they both need right. to get on track. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They both uh, uh, had uh, horrible losses today in, in, in their fans' perspective. Anyway, they both had. Yeah. They were both in. The, well, the shoot the the Bengals were down. Right. The Bengals were down, and they caught up, and then they got the lead. I think, or they got tied it up, and then Stroud, man, that guy. You guys are having one hell of a rookie year. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah, he's actually uh, making uh, making his team win. Um, and then the uh, yeah the, the Ravens they I think they were up like twenty four nine at one point, and in the fourth quarter I think they were up two scores and they end up losing. What a fucking what what a, what a fucking crazy ass game that was. I was paying attention to that one. Um, but anyway. So, uh, yeah, uh, next week we'll have Coach's Corner. We do have a new coach on the block. Um, the Raiders head coach, Anto- Antonio Pierce, is that his name? Yeah. Anthony Pierce or Antonio? Antonio. Oh, okay. Antonio Pierce uh, right now. Let's see. Where, what's the game at? It's 9-9 to right now. Raiders tied it up. A bunch of field goals. Everyone's kicking field goals left and right. Daniel Carlson, Greg Zerline. Let's see if someone can put it in the end zone. Um but right now they the Antonio Pierce is one and zero, and trying to make that two and zero. All right, man. Uh, you got anything else for this episode of Cold Brew? Yeah, no. don't. All right. No. Thank you for downloading. Okay, <laughs> thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. Oh, oh yeah. A toast to the troops. Oh yeah. All the troops. <laughs> Both sides. <laughs> Thank you for downloading yet again another Cold Brew podcast. I am Greg. 
He is Sorcerer Chromatic. And we like to wish you cheers. Cross training ball. We raise the ball and we put it in your ear no matter who you are.